Hello, everyone. We welcome you to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts, Bernhard Gunther and my wife, Laura Matsu. This episode's topic is about finding your soul purpose. Now, that's a big one, and that's a topic many, many people ask us about, approach us with, and we work with also in, with clients. And it's a big one because there are many, many misconceptions, many different angles to look at it all from. And uh, we go deeper into this topic over the next two hours. Again, first hour for the public, second hour for members. If you want to have access to the second hour of all podcasts, go to veilofreality.com and sign up to the membership. But before we dive a bit in to deeper into this topic, we have a little announcement to make. Yeah, so we're going to be running another round of our Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening eight-week uh, group coaching program uh, due to popular demand, and that's going to start on December 15th, 2020. And what we do in those programs is basically we guide you through experiential and practical exercises that help you work on the things that we talk about in the podcast. So our podcast is really us talking about these topics and the the group coaching is us actually doing the work. Um, and it is really important that we gather together and we do this inner work, especially when times are like this and the shadows are really high and there's chaos in the world. Like this is the best time to do your inner work. It really is. I know it's hard. Every day I sit down for meditation, I'm like, oh my God, this kind of stuff that I have to process. But it's really important we do this kind of work now. And this is really the awakening process is really gaining the practical tools that we can in order to create the conscious world and the conscious communities that we're that our soul desires to be in. So if you're interested in joining us, um, once again, it starts from December 15th. It's an amazing way to start out the new year, uh, really giving a gift to yourself of this kind of deep soul work. And it's limited to 25 people. And you can join us by going to uh, www.awakenapply.com. So that's again, awakenapply.com. Um, and we hope to see some of you there. Yeah, because this program, like the first one, always is only by application. And um, just to share a little bit, you know, the the really uh, um, context of this program is really that we combine the inner and the outer work. It's really about the holistic fourfold approach of inner work on a physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual level, but also understanding the outer world, the matrix forces, the divine forces in context of the time of transition we're going in right now mm. and really helping you as we will discuss more in this podcast as well in this episode to align you more with your own unique soul purpose yeah yeah we really cover all sorts of different categories we do in-depth meditation we do trauma work we do shadow work um, we also learn about these larger cosmic forces and the evolution of consciousness so we really just give you all the tools that we've used in our own here uh I was going to say hero's journey is kind of a hero's journey, but healing journeys, you know, because we really want people to be living the life of their greatest potential. Like now is actually the time for you to activate your soul purpose. I've seen this in a lot of people I've done astrology readings for lately, which is also something we get into the course is your soul purpose 
is very much guided by the stars. It doesn't mean you're dictated by that, but you could find a lot of insight when you start to understand yourself through your astrology chart. And so that's what we're hoping to do is really activate the sole purpose of many people. And many people are losing their jobs and many people are losing relationships. And a lot of changes are happening in your life. And uh, I think it was Chang Yun Trumpa who said, chaos is the birth of change. And that's really what's happening here is we're seeing... Uh, a new world we're entering. Who knows what that world is going to look like because it's really up to us to create that. So that's what we're trying to make here. Right. Exactly. So let's dive into this episode of finding your sole purpose. Well, that's that's a biggie. <laughs> I think it's best to start off with actually asking not only what is your sole purpose, but what is the soul? Mm. That's really, you know, I think... You know, the word soul or purpose is being thrown around carelessly, just like the word love, <laughs> you know, and can be uh, misabused or abused or mistaken for many other things, which is not that, hmm. which I've also realized and found out in my own uh, life as well. You know, you could, as you mentioned before, you can really look at soul purpose, uh, look at it from different levels or different lenses. The astrology lens, especially evolutionary astrology, which is your ex expertise, we definitely want to get into that as well. But maybe start off, generally speaking, because when you think of it, your ultimate sole purpose, when you think of your whole existence, all successive incarnations, lifetimes, is really about self-realization, you know, of a successive incarnations and awakening what Sri Aurobindo would call the psychic being or your true soul being and bring it to the front and become a conscious transducer for divine will, um, which then results in full, even um, not disintegration, but making the ego personality a servant to the divine. You know, it's yeah. like the ego is not in charge anymore, not in control. It, uh, it understands the interrelationship of it all. It truly experiences oneness and brings the soul to the front, the psychic being, mm -hmm. and that is, becomes then a transducer of divine will. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole different level of experience, but ultimately your soul, quote-unquote soul purpose, is union, unification with the divine yoga. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also really important to note that the, the ego tends to struggle with the desires of the soul, especially early on in our journey. Like that's the biggest battle to overcome. Mm -hmm. And this shows up in many different ways in people's lives, like, you know, the, the constant thinking, the monkey mind, as they say, that's a function of the ego. And it's not necessarily that the mind is bad or that part of us is bad. It's just that it's exaggerated. And the truth is, is the ego is not supposed to be running the show. It's exhausted. So we have this part of ourselves that's trying to manage our lives. And it's, it's not meant to do that. The soul is actually meant to do that. So it's really important we grow the soul and grow our connection to the soul in order to really live more fulfilling lives. That's really what it comes down to. Like when we're living from our soul, then we're aligning with the things that we truly and deeply desire and not the conditioning of our early childhood or our environment or culture, you know, and that can be painful. Like it can be really painful for us to realize that we've been living a life that wasn't ours. And that's usually how people live their lives as they try and fit themselves into society and what their parents or their peers or the world expects of them. But the soul has a completely different agenda most of the time. So 
Um, it's really important to know that there's also aligning with your soul purpose. Uh, it sounds really nice, <laughs> but there's actually uh, some necessary pain involved with yeah. doing that. And that's what I've discovered personally. Likewise, there's a struggle. I mean, you hit the nail of the head about the, the struggle within, mm -hmm. right? Between the, the ego and, and the voice of the, the soul being, the psyche being is very dim. Like Sri Aurobindo talked about, it's behind the heart. I believe in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. It's always, it's also behind the heart. It's right? and it's also locked up. Like there's mm. chains uh, energetically around it until you do intentional work to open that. Yeah. So that's why also. I, I see it in the world all the time. Majority of people don't know how to love and majority people, when they do know how to love, they're terrified as well. And the capacity of the soul and the heart to love is actually immense. Like people have maybe experienced it on psychedelics or, you know, like as in, in different altered states, but that's, that's really the soul is, is a very compassionate and present, uh, being, you know, yeah. and that's what you, and as you see in the world, there's a lack of that because people have their heart armored. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about this, uh, first, before we talk about what the soul is, what the soul is not, because what I've noticed also within myself, you know, I've been mistaking all kinds of various uh, things, impressions, feelings, desires, or, ambitions, uh, wants and needs, whatnot, with my soul being or soul purpose, when that was in fact coming from what Sri Aurobindo would call the desire soul. It's like the ego hijacks aspect of that and, you mm. know, kind of morphs it for its own agenda, so to speak. Yeah. It's kind of camouflaging the charlatan, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I want to just like read this little quote from Shirobindo about the the desire soul, which is not the true soul. There's in front, there is in front in man a heart of vital emotions similar to the animals, if more virously developed. Its emotions are governed by egoistic passion, blind instinctive affections, and the play of life impulses with the imperfections, perversions, often sordided degradations, hard besieged and given over to lusts, desires, wars, intense and fierce demands, or little greeds and mean pettiness of an obscure and fallen life force and debased by its slavery to any and every impulse. This mixture of the emotive heart and the sensational hungering vital creates in man a false soul of desire. It is this that is the crude and dangerous element with which the reason rightly distrusts and feels a need to control, even though the actual control or rather coercion it succeeds in establishing over our raw and insistent vital nature remains always very uncertain and deceptive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's also a certain sense of like clinging to this experience of the soul, like, and, and that's not the nature of the soul. Like, Definitely the soul has certain uh, lessons that it wants to learn in certain lifetimes. And I feel personally that's different for everyone, although on a higher level, we're here to realize uh, who we are and why we came here. We're actually here to realize the self, you know, um, but you know, if we're trying to control or we're trying to manipulate something or we really feel this like thirst or hunger for something, you know, that's usually coming from another aspect of mm -hmm. ourselves. I think it can also relate to which I've also, when you are very identified with what you do, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. that's that's the biggest misconception, which I also found out the quote-unquote hard way, so to speak, because sole purpose is not 
your soul or you speak about soul purpose is not what you do no it's no. not identified your true soul being it's not identified what it is doing it is not your work your profession your vocation no or any of that right yeah. it's not a career it's not a job that is not your soul purpose not even your vision or like being an artist musician people think this is this is not your sole purpose yeah it yeah. can express itself through that yeah. but the moment you identify with it then the the soul desire the charlatan has taken over yeah exactly like you can you know see it through the lens of astrology like you have these certain themes that the soul is looking to learn and develop on a deep level which is seen through pluto and the north node and you know how that manifests it can, can be so many different ways so if you have a north node in leo for instance or the fifth house that's the house of creativity of self-expression of learning how to you know like actually really develop a healthy ego and and be and and creatively express that ego so many different ways on how that can play out like um, so many different ways so you know like there's no there's no I, I don't believe that there's like any specific career that you can say that someone should be doing there's just certain gifts that their soul is looking to explore and understand and there's many so many different pathways you could take to to having to finding that you know yeah before we go like i just like to to uh, also quote Shirobindo now for about what the true soul is the psychic being before we go deeper into you know um more the specifics about it so to speak so he writes the true soul the psychic being is a silent inmost being of which very few are even aware for if all have a soul few are conscious of their true soul or feel its direct impulse there dwells a little spark of the divine which supports the obscure mass of our nature and around it grows the psychic being the formed soul or the real man within us the real i so to speak the real true self it is as this psychic being in him grows and the movements of the heart reflect the divinations and impulsions that man becomes more and more aware of his soul ceases to be a superior animal and awakening to glimpses of the godhead within within him admits more and more its intimations of a deeper life and consciousness and an impulse towards things divine it is one of the decisive moments of the integral yoga when the psychic being liberated brought out from the veil to the front can pour the full flood of its divinations seeings and impulsions on the mind life and body of man and begin to prepare the upbuilding of divinity in the earthly nature that's very interesting because uh, what he mentioned here also what you just mentioned uh it's about the necessity to grow the soul mm -hmm, right the mm -hmm. soul grows within a lifetime over lifetimes and good is also in his work talked about the necessity to, to grow the soul because it's not fully developed in us or not fully brought to the front and we miss we think we already have we are fully connected i think that's a big misconception as Sri yeah. said you have to have a certain level of being already and <clears throat> worked on yourself or cleared yourself and also a certain stillness of mind getting out of the mental confusion as you mentioned before to really listen this very dim voice of your true soul being yeah and also as i mentioned before growing the soul is painful because the ego is very impulsive it wants what it wants it acts out old patterns very mechanically 
So, you know, to grow the soul, sometimes we have to sit in some pretty uncomfortable feelings because we want to act out and we want to say something and we want to do what we've always done, you know, and it's actually painful to hold back. And that's what I find grows the soul is like our conscience knows one thing and then our ego knows another thing. And when we act from conscience, the ego doesn't get that gratification. Mm. And so... That's when that's, and that's painful, you know? So like the moments, so someone's projecting something on you that has nothing to do with who you are and you just learn to, you know, sit with the projections and see them for what they are and see that person suffering, those acts grow the soul because you learn, be like, you learn to not act from that impulse, that that temporary gratification that the ego is always seeking. And that's very hard. That takes some self-control, actually. Yeah. And all that reminds me also in, in a true sense, what you just mentioned, your soul, quote unquote, purpose also draws you out of the comfort zone yes. of your egocentric existence. Yeah, we should talk about that a little bit because mm -hmm. like I feel personally, I had some struggles aligning with my soul purpose and some false starts, but maybe you can share your journey first. Yeah. Like how you, like, when did you become aware of like some deeper purpose in your life? And when did you, what was your experience trying to answer that call? That's a good question. Um, I think I also want to like put it in, in context of your true soul being a Sri Yabana, others also talked about its pure state is joy. It's pure joy, mm. not depending on anything external whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's just pure joy. It, it, that's that's it, right? It is. Mm. Um, so I think that can be a hint of what your quote soul purpose is, or draws you out of your complacency. And I remember in my personal life, um, you know, again, like listeners maybe know my story, but growing up in Germany, being very lonely. In high school, being bullied, not fitting in, being depressed and whatnot, I sought refugee in music. And then um, later in my life, actually, my age of 19 or 20, I found playing drums. And I played the drums and that connected me. I felt something so joyful in my life like I've never felt before. Like mm -hmm. it was like, I remember the first time I sat on, on, on the drums and started to play the drums, like something else. I felt bliss like Joseph Campbell. You know, mm. so I started to follow my bliss and I thought like, this is what I wanted. This is my purpose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to be a drummer, mm. right? I want to play in bands and make music. And my life. this is my purpose from now. I decided. Yeah. And that was my driving force. But this joy that gave it, you know, driven by this joy and fulfillment to something higher because it was not just like, oh, I'm going to make money and fame. It was just like what it gave me. Like also emotionally looking mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. So that drove me, that, that was my impulse or like the, the inspiration to come to Los Angeles to study drums and percussion, go to music school, play in bands and whatnot. Mm. And that was a really intense journey, but it brought more stuff up, right? It was very difficult, obviously. Um, and now, look, you know, looking back in my 20s, I thought this is my purpose, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. But then it actually was just initiation, a start to something else, yeah. you know? And then my glorious dreams never ma manifested which also I, uh, I realized a huge lesson and that ties into the saying, tell God your plans and he will laugh at you, mm. right? Because I thought this is what I have to do. And I tried all like even, you know, manifestation rituals to manifest my music career and whatnot and try, my ego got very much involved. Yeah, like this yeah. is what I want, very attached and identified with that, Yeah, right? Until the universe of the divine threw me a curveball and something in through my own suffering, 
you know, I became more interested, well, I need to figure myself out. I'm suffering. And I realized through music and playing the music I used to play back then, very hard, heavy, dark music, it was actually my shamanic journey of doing shadow work and something else emerged. Mm -hmm. And then I found all of a sudden, um, years into it, another talent, another purpose, which was my healing hands or body work, which uh, a mentor introduced me to. And I went to massage school and it came easy to me. So there was another talent, a gift I found. I was like, oh, my purpose is now being a healer or whatnot, mm. or a massage therapist. But that was also not it. You know, I already realized it's not about one single thing. I think the trap, looking back, you know, not to get too deep into my personal story, it's just, it's not, your sole purpose is not one single thing. Yeah. Right? It, it can... Uh, manifest express itself through various things and there are different stages which lead you always to something which you can never expect and i i never planned on you know consciously where i'm at right now and there's a saying you cannot connect the dots looking back yeah right but now looking back i see there's there's some force that has guided me some sort of like divine guidance intervention even yeah but in the moment i was also like you mentioned in the beginning misinterpreting it because like my soul something was birthing within me but then my own wounds traumas and ego got uh, involved mm. and there was a lot of friction and suffering yeah and you can it's it's funny because we actually have um although it's a different placement we have a similar south node and north node trajectory you know like so south node and leo the fifth house that's all about creative expression and that's also how my journey started out is like, I knew very early on, I'm talking about like grade seven, that I was going to be a writer. Like that's oh. extremely young because I just had a gift and I just knew that I, like, I was a very like Leo like kid, like always wanting to perform and like make people laugh. And then I remember actually very vividly in like grade seven, like we had to write an article and I was like obsessed with Rolling Stone back then and music magazines and stuff. And I wrote an article exactly the style of Rolling Stone uh, magazine at, in when I was in grade seven. And like everyone was like, oh, my God, how did you do that? And I know through other placements in my astrology chart, I had this ability to read writing and then emulate it. Like I could read like Oscar Wilde and write the way he does or other people, you know. Um, so I knew very early on in life, I wanted to be a writer. And then also similar to you, I was really into music. So I started, I just combined the two. I was like, okay, I'm going to write about music. You know, I wrote about all sorts of different things. Um, but, but I, but I noticed too, because, you know, depending on which way you want to look at it, either have North Node in 11th house or North Node in 12th house. But the main journey of that is basically learning how to use your creative gifts to serve humanity in some way. That's North Node in Aquarius. Yeah, right? exactly. That's or even with the 12th house, it's a more spiritual placement, but um, so, you know, that's how I started out from age, like, I don't know, like 16 until my mid twenties, I was working as a music journalist and, you know, in, in the entertainment industry, which I've talked about quite a bit and had a significant amount of trauma from being in that kind of industry. Um, and then at a certain point, um, I just got so traumatized. I lost the ability to write for a few years. Um, so I had to go through my own healing crisis and that was around the time of my Saturn return. It wasn't that I wasn't writing. Actually, I was very close to not writing at all and not even reading at all. And this is someone like I grew up like reading books and writing. So it was very weird for me. 
And then, you know, and then I found yoga and meditation around that time. Um, Cause I had to, similar to you, I, I reached a certain level of suffering with my creativity that I was like, holy shit, this like needs to be figured out. I mean, I almost died cause I was so addicted to several different drugs. So I had to go through a really deep healing crisis with that. Um, and then I had to figure myself out because as I've mentioned on other podcasts, the mental health industry and the psychiatric, uh, psychiatric industry was not helping me. It was not giving me what I needed. I actually needed spirituality. That was the main thing. That was the main thing that was missing. Can I ask you just real quick? Yeah. When, when you were uh, working as a journalist music in your teenage years, early Mm. twenties, and you would do this already professionally, did you think, okay, this is my purpose, this is oh, what I want to sure. do? And like, yeah. did kind of like, like the ego come in, like, I'm going to be famous with this? Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, because then, then then the wound with like, you know, a Leo's South Node is if you didn't actually have parents who like saw you and appreciated you for your gifts, then you're seeking, you need that validation. It's mm. like, oh, if I'm on television or if I'm famous, I'll get that validation. But then it was interesting, like whenever I would show my parents like magazines that I got printed in, it was very young too. I was like, a prodigy they'd never like they would either like criticize me or they'd just be like whatever about it maybe my one of my parents my dad was a little bit more supportive because he was an artist himself but I never got that validation Mm -hmm. I was looking for and I I I truly thought I was like before I turn 20 I'm going to be rich and famous I also thought I was like obsessed with the beat generation writers I was like I'm going to be this like tortured artist and I'm going (laughs) to be like so famous and like everyone's going to think I'm the coolest like that was like my ego was identified with being a, a tortured writer basically can, you know? can i share something because i can re- relate to that you know it's, it's this mixture again like so there's a passion the true gift mm-hmm. right of doing that and mm-hmm. the joy of doing it some of, of my as a drama and musician it was like this just pure joyful expression creativity but it was also driven by my wounding because i got bullied in school and i had yeah. in my mind i'm just going to show everyone yeah you yeah know, the typical yeah, like yeah, fuck yeah. you all yeah you know i'm going to make it as a rock star and like and show you all and because I'm, you know, to show you that I'm better than you. Right? Yeah. It came from this, like, almost revenge. <laughs> yeah. Weird thing. Exactly. And that's also, this is the same thing as me. Like, I grew up in a very small town, you know, that kind of town where, like, every, you go back and, like, nothing's ever changed. Similar to actually where you grew up, I'm sure. Yeah. You know? And so... Like that was, that was a huge step for even me to just move out of this small town and be living in big cities and be living in this life, you know? And then also, you know, but basically just to finish my story, you know, I found yoga and meditation. And from the day that I found yoga, I was like, holy shit, this is the only thing that's making me feel better. And I was doing it every single day, basically. Like I was like so disciplined with it, even in the beginning, because I was, I needed to feel better. I didn't, it was the only thing that was working, you know? And then through doing Doing that, um, you know, I started out doing, I actually started doing, doing tarot and astrology readings on my Instagram. And then that led to like different kinds of life coaching. And then, you know, I started studying trauma therapy modalities because people were coming to me for astrology readings and they were like having dealing with really big issues. And I, and I had to figure it out myself too. A lot of the tools that I actually teach people are because I've had to figure it out myself basically. So I fell into yoga and meditation and then I started spiritual bypassing, you know, like it was like I did yoga and meditated every single day, but if I didn't do it, my life was like a mess. That's a huge sign that you're spiritual bypassing, by the way. I heard an analogy. Um, the guy from internal family systems therapy talks about how people use the yoga and meditation 
to stay above the flames. So there's the flames, that's your life experience, that's your pain, your suffering, your trauma. And then yoga and meditation can make you just kind of float above it, but the flames are still there. So, um, so yeah, just to finish off the story, like I started studying trauma therapy modalities, really getting into the deeper psychological work, getting into somatic meditation, which is a more embodied meditation, which is making you go into the flames. And then, yeah, and then that leads us to basically what work we're doing now, you know, like showing people that you can, that you have all the tools to heal yourself. Like it's really about trying to find and access the true self, which is really, I found the center of the journey. And, and healing, I'm sorry to interrupt, but does remind me, healing yourself in that context means actually to bring forth your soul, yes. right? Your true self, your quote unquote soul purpose. That's exactly. the whole process. You need to dismantle or, you know, get rid of the armor and all the conditioning, programming and wounding yeah. to bring the soul to the front. Exactly. And there's all sorts of like body work that needs to be done. You also have to learn how to understand your own nervous system and all sorts of different things need to be done on a somatic, physical level in order to bring the soul forward. Because if you're in a state of fear or you're checked out, then like you're not going to be able to access the soul because you're in an animal state or you're not you're you're not even in your body you know so these are all interrelated so a lot of people think like okay like i just listened to some new age meditations about you know seeing the light in everyone and i'm going to activate the soul and even though that might make you feel good temporarily you know in order to really embody that soul it's a painful process. And I just know that from my own life experience, like I've had to like struggle with my ego time and time again, every single day, actually, I have to, because my ego mind, you know, has its own agenda. And the things that my soul needs to do for my life's work is very different. And it's not, and even though I feel very aligned with my soul purpose, I also have to say it's, to it's super not easy <laughs> as no, well. No. I mean, that's, you know, listening to your story and uh, so reflecting on mine and from other people's people we've also worked with you know it's interesting when we truly like we want to live my sole purpose and you know almost be careful what you ask for yeah because it leads you into into areas where there is suffering yeah right the dark net of the soul and all of that these like you mentioned it's necessary to like confront that to get you closer to who you truly are mm -hmm. so there's a paradox again of the necessity of suffering to bring you closer to you to your soul purpose or to your true being mm -hmm. and engage in the work and i also might add you know it also depends on the level of being of a successive incarnations you know like i think people like you were very much drawn myself to spiritual esoteric work so the soul has been also ripened over lifetimes yeah right i think that's also with enlightened masters you know from the past and whatnot they were just ripe in this lifetime of the successive incarnation oh, sure. to experience full omniscient enlightenment all these things right so there's different levels of being mm -hmm. but the sole purpose is always driving like it's not interested in you know your soul couldn't care less about what what you think is success what you identify yourself it's also about experience yeah and soul lessons where karma comes in right and i think um, that's why evolutionary astrology, evolutionary astrology, which I learned a lot from you as well, even in more depth, can be extremely insightful. You know, mm -hmm. it's never the whole picture, but, you know, especially then if, if you understand your North Node, South Node placements, even Pluto as well, mm. or Chiron uh, to a degree can give great insights about, you know, 
this the the deeper lessons of of that of this current incarnation or where it came from so to speak yeah pluto in the astrology chart basically represents the soul and maybe the reason i'm so drawn to it is because i have some pluto aspects to my major planets um you know so it's it's basically when you look at your pluto you're looking at something that your soul has been learning for multiple lifetimes so it's incredibly insightful to look at your pluto placement because this is something you've been working on for a while and then how you got those needs met in past lifetimes is seen by the south node and the direction and it's also that area you f tend to fall back upon is your south node and then you want to really gain mastery over your south node both the shadows and its gifts so that you can anchor into your north node in this lifetime and if you look to your north node you know because these are hypothetical points of the of the of the moon um it actually gives you a sense of emotional fulfillment it may be difficult it may be like very foreign territory to you because you have to understand that this is something that you new to you you know that you've not explored yet in at least in a few lifetimes you know um so that's really the 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 way to look and then with Chiron, Chiron's a really interesting thing in the chart because it can be both the main thing that wounds us and it can also be the gifts um, that we have. That's a classic wounded healer, right? Yes, it's the journey of the wounder healer. So, you know, the Chiron contains the potential for us to be the healer, the mentor, you know, where Chiron lies in your chart, you have those skills. But in order to access those skills, you have to get over the part of yourself that identifies with your pain and complains about it. Um, and you really need to become compassionate to your pain and the needs of all beings. So, you know, um, so with Chiron, you got to look at like, where's the area of my life which causes me the most suffering? And do I turn my back on facing that? Do I turn my back on my own gifts? You know, or do I, uh, you know, do I go through my own he hero's journey with this pain and do I try and understand it? Like there's really an expansion of consciousness that needs to happen with Chiron. We also need to, you know, be a bit of a seeker. We also need to learn how to surrender. You know, there's really this like journey of like the victim who learns how to heal themselves, who becomes the healer for others. And then what I've learned recently is there's another journey that hero uh, that Chiron wants to go on. So then once you learn how to be of service to others and you kind of find your purpose and you find that inner teacher and you learn how to use your kind of uh, learning how to heal yourself and you teach that to others, then it can also, you see this with gurus, they can get on power trips, they can be messiah, messiah complex, they can get into pride, they can become the persecutor again. So we have to go through multiple journeys with our Chiron. It's that that's what makes it Chiron. It's almost like the wound that never really ends up completely healing itself, but still we can use it to become a catalyst for others. And I've learned a lot through my own Chiron because my Chiron's in the 12th house and like I had to suffer with like, you know, I isolation for a really long time in my life. Like it was extremely painful at times. And I'm talking about like the deepest soul pain other than like grieving, you know, it was very on par with that. 
And it was also something I had to learn. I had to learn how to be alone, you know, in order to connect to the divine, actually. That's really what I came down to, you know. But then there's a part of myself that started to identify like, okay, I'm going to be this like meditation teacher. And I started to identify with the gift, right? And then again, I had to go through my own process and like learn how to like not identify with it. I'm just playing a role. I'm just, you know, there for whoever needs me, you know? So I've gone through several journeys with my Chiron in the 12th house. I've also had to struggle with my own, uh, commit like commitment to spirituality in the sense and I'm not talking about just doing the rote behavior of like meditating and doing yoga I'm talking about being like I'm completely committed to whatever God has in store for me and that's the only thing that matters and and basically that's where I am now yeah exactly it reminds me again how the ego can hijack this whole process and what we mentioned or what you talked about at the beginning as well that's just like this friction within and you don't really what's the ego what's the soul and then in generally, like the ego in generally likes to hijack spiritual experiences for its oh. own purpose, own control, right? That's Automatically. Why like it's the, so... sin- the sincerity is so needed, the integrity yeah, in can doing I just, that work. Can I just touch on that? So that happens so automatically. So if you have like, when you finish meditation, you're like, oh, that was a good meditation. Or like, <laughs> like oh, like I feel like, like I'm a higher state of consciousness. It happens so automatically until you start just just catching it is the first step. So catching the awareness, be like when you want to post a Facebook update or like, you know, be like, oh my God, like I, I had this amazing spiritual experience. All of that is the ego hijacking. Feeding like, off. yeah, the spiritual, the spiritual practice should very much be like chop wood, carry water. Like you just do it and then it's done and then that's it. And also abandon any hope of that it's going to make you a better person or it's going to make your life easier or you're going to it doesn't happen like that's that's another way the ego hijacks it it's like i'm going to meditate so i can get this or i'm going to do a spiritual practice so i can get this yeah, the reward thing exactly or like my life is going to get better i'm going to meet my twin flame yeah. you just got to <laughs> literally let all that go like just just imagine your life is going to stay exactly the same whether you meditate or not, and then you're on the path, basically. Exactly. So let's, and let's translate this to into soul purpose, because your soul purpose, again, is nothing you do. It's not your job, your career, your vocation. It's not your vision, art, or anything project you do identify with. It's not a definition or identification. So the moment you think, oh, my job... I'm my purpose is to be a healer. My purpose is to be a writer. All yeah. of this. That's when the ego hijacks the whole process. Yeah. Right? You become identified with uh, a thing. Like it's very limited because again, sole purpose is beyond one little, one single thing. Yeah. As we experience, it's just, it's very fluid, very organic. And the ego, you know, it's very hard because the ego is also the mental process. It likes to grasp and identify. Mm. Right. Mm. And then also, like you mentioned, um, Ego, the pride can come in and the superiority and, and the feeling special. Yes. Right? Like this is also the idea that we f- you have the feeling, I see this in many people, that they, uh, and I used to have the idea that your sole purpose needs to be something grandiose, something big, something, oh, service to others. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, this, this like, you know, social <laughs> climbing thing almost, mm-hmm. right? That makes mm-hmm. you stand out. Mm-hmm. But that's not so. Like the, your, your, your sole purpose can uh, manifest itself, you know, uh, in very what we would think as very simple thing in everyday life so yeah. it's it's again it's once again you notice the ego creeps in or has been hijacked when you identify with a sole purpose and it makes you feel special mm. you feel special you feel pride yeah. and even 
very important when it comes you feel superior you feel better yes. than others yeah, right? yeah, because yeah. of what you do or this is my big purpose and you're nothing yeah you know, and, and all these and things. you're only setting yourself up for more pain you know on the long run because really when you're being of service to others you also have to not expect applause or you know like you don't you don't you can't even expect appreciation that's really truly being of service to others is you expect nothing in return you don't even want their respect like yeah. you're just doing it because it's your role and you're there to help them you know um and that's it like that's you're only doing it and also you're doing it to grow your soul and this is also like what I experienced too, you know, like in my own purpose, coaching others, like I'm just doing this because I want to give back to all everything that God or the divine has given to me, basically. But also in context of stuff that's not falling into the martyr complex and just yeah. giving, giving, giving without, yeah. you know, the, the, an exchange yes. on that level and also without being, you know, there needs to be a sincere asking, which I also want to talk mm -hmm. about more in some, maybe in the second hour because it ties into the topic of wanderers and all of that mm. and the deeper meaning of service to others. You have to uh, respect universal law, only give when it's asked for. You cannot push information. Actually, the service to others mm. can come from a very egotistical perspective because it makes you feel better. Oh, I'm yeah. of service. Yeah. Or using as a distraction, you're trying to quote unquote help others as a distraction from your own process and yes. distracting from helping yourself, right? Exactly. And, and I also want to mention that we see this a lot in the pop spiritual new age community when, especially when people, it's a big red for flag for me, people, whoever identifies themselves as a starseed, light worker, healer, healer, Shaman. wanderer, you know I mean? These identifications <laughs> yeah. right away, it's like a big red flag, but, but there may be attributes that these people have these talents, but the moment they identify themselves as such, yeah. it's already like, for me, you know, that's not, you don't, it's a red flag, as simple. Like I would, you know, like we doing work what could be described light work, whatever. I would never identify as a light worker. Even, yeah. even in my work as an um, integrative body work and doing healing work on people mm -hmm. on our level for over 20 years, I never identified as a healer. Yeah. Like people say, you are such an amazing healer, Bernard, but I never took on this identification because the moment I think that I'm doing the healing, mm -hmm. the matrix has me, so to speak. Yeah, I and I can relate, like, because like the whole indigo child thing, you know, the that I I relate to a lot of the traits they describe in indigo children, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and I and I and I get it, I get where it's coming from, but that's also not like once you start to really connect to the self, the true self. All of that falls away because you know that all of these labels you get attached to yourself. That's just like, it's just, it's so, it's so, it's such a passing thing too. Are you always a star seed? Are you always an indigo ch child? No, sometimes you're a fucking terrible person. That's the truth. <laughs> just a human being. Yeah, part. you're a human being. And that's to me, like, that's why the somatic work, the embodiment work was really like a game changer for me because it really allowed me to be in my humanity. And the moment you identify as a healer, all of the traits of someone who's not a healer, also, you can no longer be those things because you've identified as that so exactly. that's the issue yeah. is you start to identify with the light and ignore the shadow and you can call yourself whatever you want you know but the moment that you start to say like 
even people like who call themselves like a spiritual teacher or whatever, I really hope you're enlightened because if you have a bad day or you are jealous or angry or just having a really shitty day, then the moment that you get knocked off that pedestal. So it's actually really better to identify as a human being who's having a spiritual experience, you know, than to identify with the spiritual experiences in itself. Yeah. And it's fine. It's also important. We need language and, you know, even to when we do work, present ourselves to share, like, I'm doing this, I'm that, you know, even our work, we are teachers in our regard, you know? Yeah. But it's not a, about identifying with it. Yeah. It's not putting it into a box and especially feeding off of that and all yeah. of that. And also, I can also relate, you know, uh, the concept of wanderer or the renegades who incarnated here for sp specific mission profile. I can totally see myself in that as well. I've written articles about it, mm. but I'm not identified with it. I don't create a personality around it. Yeah, like even the role of like the Bodhisattva, like I've, I. it's funny, I actually went through my own journey with that because there's different stages of Buddhism. There's a Hinayana, which is really about stilling the mind, you know, gaining knowledge of your of your mind. And it's really a very personal journey. And then the next stage is a Mahayana where you really dedicate your practice and all the spiritual uh, your spiritual knowledge you've gained to be of service to others selflessly. And I didn't want to do that. Like I was reading these books at my retreat and I was like, I don't want to dedicate my life to being of service to others. But then I found that I don't even have a choice. It's almost like I made that choice in another lifetime to do that. And it carried over exactly. into this lifetime. I think that ties into which I also want to, again, we have more time in the second hour. You know, the concept of wanderers, this is a very, I wrote a whole essay on it based on the raw material, very interesting, more higher quality channel material. But it ties into the idea of the bodhisattva, like that a higher developed soul has voluntarily incarnated into 3D human experience yeah. to be of service, but through the veil of forgetting, it needs to remember its mission, mm, quote unquote, mm -hmm. so to speak. And then it, get, it can easily get lost in the 3D, uh, you know, life again, and also interfered with by yeah. other forces, the matrix forces uh, inter intersecting with the soul trajectory that ties into love bite scenarios and all of that, which will definitely get more. Yeah, and then the timeline, hour. changing your own timeline trajectory. Exactly, trauma and storm, matrix trauma and storm and programs. Yeah. But I want to just mention real quick this, uh, speaking of soul purpose, again, that's not not a definition in itself, nothing to identify with because it's such a fluid process by Marshall Vian Summers. And he writes, purpose is something you will understand as you climb higher and higher on the mountain of life, the more you progress in life, right? Mm. As you gain a greater vantage point, you will understand more of the journey itself by looking behind and by increasingly able to anticipate what is up ahead. Purpose is realized by taking the journey, not by establishing a favorable or fascinating explanation or definition for oneself. Purpose is not a justification. It does not compensate for anything. Purpose is something that is waiting for you to discover. You can only discover it by taking the journey, by following the way, by learning as you go and gaining the greater perspective and understanding that one acquires as one matures on the way of knowledge. Knowledge, in this case, gnosis, to really answer the call, which also reminds me of what you mentioned before of the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell. Hmm. The hero's journey itself is like the soul evolution yeah. <laughs> going through different stages. And as you mentioned, cycles within cycles within cycles. You can even see the whole soul journey of 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 your of successive lifetimes until full enlightenment as a hero's journey 
Mm-hmm. Well, there's a hero's journey within oh, the lifetime. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right? If you go through all the different houses and astrology signs, that's totally, a hero's journey that's, right there. That's the evolution. It's all in cycles. Yeah. But I also wanted to tell listeners, so what, what you know, and the very practical of how can you just sense that, you know, there's the soul is calling, there's this, your purpose is calling you. And one thing, what I mentioned before, understanding that the true state of this, of the soul being the psychic being is, uh, is pure joy. Right. So, and that ties into what Joseph Campbell said is also follow your bliss. That's a call to adventure. Mm. Like I mentioned in my instance of playing drums, there's something like, oh my God, something that excites you so much, gives you so much joy, mm. not just a fleeting moment of just emotional high, but something that excites you so that, that you want to pursue it without, it's almost like the like a innocence of a child doing something without expectations, without reward, yeah, you know, without getting anything from it, yeah, nothing external, but f- pure for the pure joy of doing it, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I found that really early on in life, like I was always wanting to be in plays. I had like a puppet show set up at my backyard. I was always like creatively expressing myself. It was just so natural and so organic to me. And it wasn't just like, you know, lots of children are creative, but I mean, I was like just so much into just creating stuff, making stuff up, you know? So you see there's a natural quality and inclination towards where your gifts are. I think even early on in life, they start to show themselves, you know? And also, you know, it's, we gotta, we gotta decondition ourselves to a lot of things in order to discover that. Cause with me, you know, I always thought that, uh, I didn't really think, even though I made money off of it, it was still in my mind like, oh, you can't be a writer or you can't do this because, you know, it doesn't make money or whatever. I had my own like um, uh, beliefs around being creative and like what that meant, you know? Um, So that's what I had to decondition myself of in order to explore that, you know, because then that's what started my own path doing what I do now, which I really write about spiritual topics. I started writing a book, you know, and thought I was going to be like a spiritual writer or something. So my ego was once again hijacking it. And so you see that even though I don't identify myself as a writer, but really underlying it was like wanting to creatively express myself. That's really... So that's the underlying purpose, the the creative expression. Exactly. And then you see that because I have Pluto in the fifth house. So that's all about creative expression. That's what my soul wants to learn and know when it has been going on for multiple lifetimes, you know? And then I had to align that. Basically, it wasn't about what I want to write about or what I'm, whatever that I is. It's what is useful to humanity. That's really what I had to learn is like, and that helped me put my ego aside. So I was like, that's what helped me when I was working with others. People were coming to me with problems and I was like, I don't, you know, you need to go see a therapist. And then they wouldn't, they kept coming to me. So I was like, okay, I got to figure something out. You know, I got to figure out how I can help these people. So that reminds me, so before we end the first hour, just to kind of recap, so the ultimate soul purpose, again, is a union with the divine, you know, the full self-realization with pure aspiration and center, surrender to the divine without bargaining, desires, attachment, craving, grasping, hope or fear, just as pure giving yourself to, to the divine, to yeah. God. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be anything your soul, right? You know, but 
you know, if you think your sole purpose is the thing you do or needs to be some big thing you identify with, then the ego comes in, right? Yeah. Some like your yourself, especially when you identify your self image gets identified. Yeah, like when I it. identified as a writer or exactly. as a meditation. No, me, teacher. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yeah, drummer I'm in this, this band. <laughs> exactly. You know, then you know it becomes intermixed with your vital desires, ego, and then also it can be easily even more you can be more interfered with hijacked by occult hostile forces without you being aware of it and and, mm. and and distract you more from your true soul trajectory which we'll go into more depth in the second hour but it's also important to mention like you pointed out even beautifully with astrology that your soul purpose can express itself through various areas through mm. your work vocation gifts and talents and it can change through a lifetime as we have seen you know i mean like again you know, what I've seen in my life is like having this hope and faith and you never know where it's leading to yeah. your quote unquote purpose. Like I didn't like in my twenties, as I mentioned, I thought my purpose being this and this, then it changed in the thirties, then it changed in my forties. And it was not consciously planned. It's just something opened up the more I removed what is in the way. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I also just want to touch on the ego doesn't also have to appear as self aggrandizing behavior. It can also appear as self diminishment. Mm. And then, and, and that's, that's another function point. of the ego. So like for a long time, you know, like I actually really enjoy working with people one-on-one -on -one in the therapeutic context, but I was very self diminishing about that. I was like, Oh no, like, I don't know how to do this. You know, that's what I see a lot in people is a self diminishing mm. behavior as well. And being like, Oh, I need to do this and this and this to do this and this and this or I'm too old. It's like or the Matrix program. Or ties also the, the core wound, core belief many people have. Of unworthiness. Unworthiness. I'm not the, I'm not good enough program. Or yeah. false humility. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's very important. Okay, so in the second hour, I definitely want to get more into this topic we touched upon, wanderers and occult interferences. Uh, you know, the hostile forces, how they can distract us and we look a bit more deeper into the wondrous topic uh, from the raw material, which I wrote a whole article about it. And um, so if you're not already a member and want to have access to the second hour, you can sign up at veilofreality.com, become a member, which will give you access to all the second hour of all podcasts. And also will give you access to the private membership forum on my website. Yeah, and once again, we are starting our next uh, group program, Embodied Soul Awakening, December 15th till February. And we're going to go through, you know, the fundamentals of self-work, the fourfold approach. So physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual, and really giving you some techniques to work through any wounds or core beliefs that you have and it's completely, this is the most holistic program I've really seen offered. And I'm not saying that from an ego perspective. I'm just saying that this is very different to the usual self-work program. I'm really covering all bases. So if you want the practical tools to find your soul purpose or to work through things to make you a more aligned with that soul purpose, and we'd really love for you to join us. And this is also our own purpose is working with groups and our <laughs> life go. works and and, you know, like getting out of our own comfort zone. So we're really looking forward to seeing some of you guys there. And we'll see you in the second hour. Yeah, beautiful. And again, it's limited to 25 people and by application only. And you can apply at awakenapply.com. See you guys on the other side. <laughs> 